the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into Hour 2 this Friday, May 12th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson, and we got David Dahl in the producer's chair, and we got Bill in the producer's supervisor. What do we- I always blow his new title. I apologize, Bill. He is the assistant operations manager. I got it close. Close enough for government work. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Open lines Friday. David is in Phoenix. Hello, David. Hi, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. good. Love your show. Just Thank a you. couple of things before I get to the meat of my uh, my proposition. I like I like the uh, use of the analog. So, uh, just first of all, I'm insulted because Betsy. I thought I was your favorite caller and said that Betsy was, so that's number one. Um, number two... Jimmy Buffett Bones write a song about you? Yeah, many. many <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Oh, <laughs> he went to Paris, maybe, huh? Okay, go ahead. Number, number two is that uh, this will segue into the reason I called, and that is with the, with the T-bone steak. Yes, sir. The reason you don't see it is because... We have become civilized. We now have manners. In the old days, you'd see people picking up big pieces of bones and chewing on them in restaurants. And it's not genteel to order the T-bone steak, so to speak. Really? So, I mean, I, I remember growing up seeing it. If it was on the menu, it was a great thing. Really? You, you just think it's like... It, okay, here's why you're wrong. David, here's why you're wrong. You know why you're wrong? When's the last time you went to Disneyland? Uh, you see people walking around like they are Vikings with turkey legs right. that are the size of Dino the Dinosaur's leg. And they're just okay. chomping on that thing, walking around flagrantly, right. openly okay. and notoriously. So, and you're telling me we're civilized because we can't have T-bone steaks in fine restaurants. Well, then, then it has to be an economic answer. And that is that if you're at Disneyland and you're paying $26 for a turkey leg, could you imagine how much a T-bone steak would cost you there? Well, it may be less because I think those things have to be engineered. I think a T-bone steak is natural. It comes from the short loin, I think. <laughs> so, so I, I uh, Seth, I, the reason I'm calling is because you, you always ask fantastic questions and you get very deep. And, it, and it's hard, I think, as Americans, as we get older and we try to teach our kids that, they, they need to think. And when we think about things, you know, it's, it's painful. You know, as a parent, you see the things that are going on in our world, and we think to ourselves, what's going to happen to our children? Yeah. And you mentioned something that's very, very true, and that is back when Reagan, if he's going to talk about the Queen wealth, in other words, the attack, yeah. the dividing line, this continuous... Um, plan, as we know, from people that are against freedom yeah. and want to take away freedom. Yeah. And we've had this, and it keeps happening. But now the question is, 
if you're dealing with somebody in politics or you're dealing with somebody in the capital markets and private business, and you're dealing with issues where they are putting forth this divisive nature yeah, and whether yeah. it's it, but we the problem we have and the and what we need to confront is is the person that you're talking to who's making this ridiculous comment or you know shot back are they doing it for is it because they're corrupt is it because they need their job right so there there's three buckets it, it, it's usually it's either corruption right when yeah, we know that sure, well sure people or it could be, hey, I don't want to lose my job. I'm not going to stand up and right, say anything. Right, right, yeah. I lose my job. I can't make the mortgage Right, no, payment. it's easier I, for me than most people who work for Kay's Jewelers. Yeah, right. And that's really what it, but, but the third, I guess, the, 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 the third, what, what is that third? And that is what you said. Are they lying or are, are, do these people really believe it? So when you meet somebody... When you meet somebody who claims an identity and claims that you're being racist against them and doing it, so you have to ask yourself a question. Why does that person believe this? Yeah. What information? And here's what happened. Years ago, we had, they had, the left had control in certain areas uh, in order, because information could be controlled yep. locally through market. Yep. Yep. Now with technology, 40 years later, the left has the ability to basically just disseminate the, and continue to divide. Yeah, and, 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 is, and it's easy for them to get a crazy thought f- with 5 correct. million followers on Twitter. That's correct. Yeah. I tell my kids every day, if you're going to go on social media, remember, before you hit that send button, it's forever. It uh, that is away. such a great message, and I'm writing that down. Yeah. I should put. I should have had that in my commencement address of a week or so ago. I will have it in my next one. When you hit send, oh, it's forever. That's a beautiful it's thought. Forever. It's for here's here's my short answer, David, to the question buried in that last point, is that we have spent now thirty to fifty years of steeping elementary school students and college students in. Marxist thought and theory. And the greatest lie we told ourselves, though we didn't know it at the time, was when our college students came home on spring break or winter break and were spouting these Marxist views, we thought they would get over it once they got jobs and into the real world. Turned out, <coughs> turned out not to be true. Turned out you can't graduate six million high school students and college students every year for 30 and 50 years and ex- who are steeped in socialist and Marxist thought and think you're going to keep the same country you knew 30 and 50 years before. Those right, chickens that, have come. We've had a lab leak far worse than what happened at Wuhan. What happened at Wuhan affected our lungs. The lab leak from the ivory universities here in America, the ivory towers in America here, it affected our brains. Right. So if you think about Yuri Besimov, I yeah, can never Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Yuri Besimov, yeah. And, and, and he, he puts it right out there, and yeah. that is, he was surprised, and that was 1983 yeah. or so. when he Something was, like that, yeah. yeah. So, well, just hang in there. Keep fighting, Seth. We well, appreciate well, it. Well, thank you, David. And I do take very seriously that point of there are those who need their jobs and can't speak up. But there are also those who can speak up because they own stock, and they can go to their stockholders' meetings. And there are those in some of these boardrooms that need to stand up and say, do you want to become Bud Light? Doug is in Maricopa. Hello, Doug. Well, maybe today, being Friday, 
I can't take things too seriously. So I'm going to jump on the bandwagon of low self-esteem uh, callers because I uh, once I I think once we all found out who your favorite do I have an audience of wimps oh, here oh, no, who need no, safe no, no. rooms and 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 hugging yeah. dolls and yeah. and and yeah. bean bags because I said Betsy was my favorite caller. Seth, I need some nurturing. I want you to know. I want you to know. Are we men that, or are we mice, Doug? Well, well I would say Did that Jimmy we're Buffett manly write a song about you? He wrote a song about her, <laughs> and she speaks well, five languages. Well, yes. Yes, she said she knows five languages. I want you to know I know five languages, too. I just can't speak them. I understand. You know, you know what yeah. they are. Yes, I know what they are. Her father's, you know, she's a surgeon. You know, she is right, a doctor. Yeah. Well, as an artist, I want you to know I can draw a doctor, you know. So it's very close. I mean, the qualifications are very close. So There's I a, think all a, in all. Daniel yeah. Borston, one of the great historians, former librarian of Congress, he had a book called The Image, how we've taken images <laughs> to be more important than the real thing. Yeah. And he tells yeah. the story, the opening line of the of the book is a woman walking down the street with her baby in a carriage and a passerby says, Oh, what a beautiful baby. And the mother says, oh, if you think this is beautiful, you ought to see the picture. <laughs> That's so true. That's you. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much. I'm nothing if I'm not shallow. I appreciate that. Well, I don't know if you're shallow, yeah, yeah. if you're in need of yeah. psychological help. I mean, my oh. gosh. Well, the, yeah, the, the list is long. The, self you know, so. the low self-esteem here. Well, well, you know, actually, I'm very, I just want you to know, when I was going through this, you know, the emotional turmoil um, that I, <laughs> I was doing here as I was waiting, I want you to know that I say this in all humility, and I want you to know very sincerely, I'm very proud of my humility. You know? I understand. So, I, 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 yeah. I do take it. Here, all right, you want to feel better? <laughs> do you want to feel that? better? Because I have what? a doctorate. Yeah. I have a Juris doctorate. Yeah. Do you want me to yeah. diagnose? Yeah. I, I, I will make you feel better. Oh, please. Please do. Go please grow do. yourself a T-bone steak. Be right back. Now, when a caller to this show or listener, cum caller, has something like that written about them, and tells the story behind it, they will then become my most favorite caller of all time. Betsy, who called in at the end of the last hour, was that woman Jimmy Buffett wrote that song about. She used to date him, and she he wrote that song about her. Obviously, she's smart, five languages including Chinese, and a myofacial surgeon of sorts. Uh, not of sorts, a myofacial sur surgeon. Obviously a smart woman. Also listens to this show, calls in too rarely, I would say, keeping the steak theme alive. I wish she'd call in more. And for those of you that are offended, what can I tell you? I'm sorry. Um, go to what? Go back to go go to go to Lake Wobegon, where all the women are strong and all the men are good looking and all the children are above average and all the callers have Jimmy Buffett songs written about them, or something. Tony is in Scottsdale. Hello, Tony. Hey, Seth. I will. I will try not to be butthurt by the fact that Betsy is your fave, and I, I'll just have to live with. Are that you today. talking about a rump roast now? Well, yeah. So, hey, so I called to talk about a little bit of inside baseball at LD four, but 
I also want to talk about cuts of meat. Okay. And I did want to tell you, about a month and a half ago, I cooked up some very good T-bones. And I know they were T-bones because, you know, how you kind of have to gnaw, like, in the corner there because it's kind of got that rounded edge to the bone. Yes, anyway, yes, 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 I'm with was, you. Was, Keep going. Yes, yes, it you was, have it me. Was definitely a good, it was definitely a good T-bone, and then I gave the T-bone to my dog, who then enjoyed it as well. As and well, so, not instead the, of, but as well. As well. So You I, agree I with me, they're harder to so, find. You don't. You agree with me, they're, they're less common than they used to be. They are less common than they used to be, but I got them from my local bashes, and I'm just going to tell you they're very tasty. They, it's a great cut of meat. Yeah, it is. It's a yeah, great it cut. I wish more restaurants. Restaurants would do better if they put more of them on the menu. Right. I say that, now so, I kind of uh, have this fear. Were you a Seinfeld fan? <laughs> uh, not, he, not, he, I mean, he told I this guy to turn his restaurant it. into something, and he lost all his customers. I have this fear. Oh, now. right. I, that's right. I remember. Turn I remember. It, turn it into a Pakistani but, uh, restaurant or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Th- yeah. Then all of a sudden he was. Uh, yeah. He Jerry's had no more. Ca- he was, Jerry was a bad man. Right. A very, very bad man. I think was very, very the, bad. Very man. bad man. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey. So I just wanted to run a little bit of inside baseball past you. So uh, maybe you heard about this. So I, I'm a I'm a precinct committeeman in LD4, and we had our monthly meeting on Wednesday. And there was a vote to censure uh, the the, uh, the Senate President Warren Peterson and Ben Tillman, who I don't know really. Okay. Uh, but there was there was sort of a movement out there in that they thought that that uh, Warren Peterson and Ben Tillman had not done enough regarding election integrity okay. after the 2022 election. Okay. Um, I will. I will tell you it was it was hotly debated in our LD, and from what I. I I, I voted not to censure. Uh, to me, it seemed like really the problem lied with Katie Hobbs, not with Warren Peterson and or with Ben Toma. Uh, you know, uh, the, the big thing to me was the conflict of interest with Katie Hobbs being Secretary of State and also running for governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know we debated that a, a, a fair amount as well. And, yeah. and to me, I, I don't it seems like she should have stepped down. Before she was able to run for governor, I mean, being Secretary of State, running the election, and also running uh, in the election. Well, and I just, just yeah. thought I'd ask your yeah. opinion about well, that. Well, it's it's a it's a little mixed. Um, it was certainly there's there's certainly no law that required her to resign to run. It wasn't a violation of law. And it's an interesting question as to how much oversight of the elections the Secretary of State has. Really, mostly she's responsible for, you know, the election handbook. Um, the elections are run on the ground by the supervisors and the county um, and the county um, uh, 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 county recorder. That's really their job. Her job is much more ministerial as the secretary of state. So I don't have okay. uh, I don't have a huge problem on that front. I have a huge problem with okay. the fact that she is a lousy governor. Yeah, right. Well, I think we all agree on that. Yeah, yeah, we no, we do. I mean, others have run from office for office. Um, you know, a, a lot of people don't have to resign their offices to run. We might want to think about altering that, though. We might want to think about yeah. that. Um, I've always thought it was, in the absence of those laws, I always thought it was a mark of some kind of statesmanship when people did it. The most famous example that readily comes to mind 
is when Robert Dole resigned his seat in the Senate to run for president, which he didn't have to do. Um, right, and right. People, you may recall, uh, the big talk was, I think he was the majority leader in the Senate at the time, 1995 or six. And everyone, he was holding a big press conference, and everyone said he was going to resign his leadership position in the Senate because he couldn't be the majority leader and run for president. And he surprised everyone, saying, I'm not resigning my job as majority leader. I'm resigning from the Senate. Um, and and it, it would show a bigger and greater commitment to the people if you are willing to leave your job for another one. Uh, and we might want to think about changing that law. Um, to avoid right. the appearance of conflicts of interest. As you know, the appearance of a conflict of interest can be as dangerous as the conflict itself. This call is a good, I mean, it's a good example. People people need to right. be able to not right. question the integrity of their elections. Yeah, so so just, just one other quick note regarding regarding the center vote that we had. Yeah. Again, we had, I was hotly debated, and, and we ended up voting to censure. I ended up voting not to censure yeah. because... There were strong opinions on both sides, and and to me, I was like, okay, well, if we're about a 50-50 split, 50% of the people think that these folks are doing a good job and the other 50 are not, to me, that's a good indication that we should not be censuring our own people. I hear what you're saying. And, it should uh, be a rare thing and, for a, yeah, a supermajority to consider. Uh, yeah. Correct. Right. Well, I mean, if it, had, if it had been like a 20, a 2080 situation, that's something different. But that was not the case right. in our LD4 meeting. Yeah, Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I mean, that's the rule of impeachment. I know censure isn't impeachment, but that is the general rule of impeachment or throwing someone out of office. It requires supermajorities. And I worry about this censure business becoming too vitiated or too watered down because it's used too frequently. Maybe wait a year and vote them out of office, you know? Maybe right. just sub- yep. submit it to the same practice that submitted them to office. I worry that we censure too much over political differences. Yeah, it's no, just I think a worry. It's just that. a worry. And, and, and thus rendering the power, the poignancy, the potency of a censure less meaningful. You know, that's what I worry about. You're a good man, Tony. No, and have have a great night. Thank you for whetting my appetite. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. It's a delight to welcome back to the show William Vogley. I have read as much as I think I possibly can on the story of Jordan. Neely and Daniel Penny, and in all my reading, the best thing I have seen is Bill Vogley's piece up at City Journal titled, And What Would You Have Done? Question mark. Subtitled, Jordan Neely's Death in New York in the New York Sub in a New York subway system prompts soul searching and self righteousness. William Vogley is a senior editor at the Claremont Review of Books. He's the author of several books, I believe most recently, The Pity Party. Uh, mean-spirited diatribe against liberal compassion. It's not mean-spirited, actually. William Vogley, Bill, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you, Seth. I was going to call you an old friend, but I was told to stop using that phrase these days. It's a longtime friend. and <laughs> um... Well, uh, in my case, both are true. <laughs> oh, you're very humble. Uh, fantastic uh, piece that you wrote in City Journal. Thank you for it, by the way. Uh, thank you for the contribution to the discussion of it. I'm glad you liked it. I guess I would start 
with a quote from um, another scholar, uh, William F. Buckley, who, when he was running for mayor in 1965, said, quote, the protection of the individual against the criminal is the first and highest function of government. The failure of government to provide protection is nothing less than the failure of government. A lot of failure here, William Vogley. That's what I read uh, in your piece. A lot of failure. Yes, uh, um, sort of comprehensive. Every every uh, place that uh, could have uh, messed up did so in some way or another. Um, certainly, the uh, there's a network of, of public and nonprofit agencies that deal with uh, people who are, uh, and there's quite a bit of overlap between the homeless and the mentally ill. Um, um, there are. Uh, Courts and police and prosecutors, um, people have pointed out uh, in, in writing subsequent to the the uh, death of Mr. Neely, um, I think now 11 days ago, May 1st, uh, that um, uh, certainly one reason the uh, homeless have uh, in the New York subway system is that... Um, the police no longer much enforce turnstile jumping laws. Right. As a as a rule, people they use the subway as the subway, uh, pay their fare. People who um, uh, want to use it as a, a refuge from bad weather or uh, just as, as a place to sleep or stay, um, uh, will we'll jump over the turnstile. And the police don't arrest them in part because. Um, the uh, various uh, there, there are since there are New York consists of five boroughs that are each borough is a county in the state of New York. There are five different uh, state's attorneys, um, and the the prosecutors to varying degrees have made clear that they they view uh, arrests for turnstile jumping as lifestyle crime. Mm-hmm. So if the if a policeman does arrest somebody and bring them to the station. Uh, he may be charged, but he'll be released um, very quickly, and the, the police eventually come to understand that this is not a good use of their time. Um, you combine all of these things, and you have a situation where um, people are uh, confronted uh, with uh, homeless people, some of whom are going through serious uh, um, uh, mental illness that is... Uh, how, how well it's been treated, how recently it's been treated is not to be known. And uh, as a result, um, uh, mere civilians are um, uh, forced for their own safety to uh, acquire the skills of a psychiatric uh, intake uh, professional. Yeah. yeah, it is asking of individuals who are not trained police because uh, we won't allow or the powers that be in New York won't allow the police to do what they are trained to do. It has been foisted upon the citizens who aren't trained as police to take upon um, themselves uh, the concerns for not only their safety, but uh, I suppose this, their safety and their community's safety when they are in confined uh, confi- confined areas such as a train. Um, and and one of the hits on Rudy Giuliani uh, when he was mayor was his aggressive enforcement of those turnstile uh, jumpers. 
And what they found, he and Bill Broughton found, is every once in a while, and more than every once in a while, you would find that these people were wanted for additional, other, much more mm-hmm. serious crimes. And there seems to be this attitude. It's almost like Biden to Trump when it comes to the immigration law. Whatever they were doing, we're going to do the opposite of. And uh, mm-hmm. lo and behold, uh, we um, we find ourselves in the circumstances we are. This was a short, brief introductory segment. Let me come back on the other side of this break and fill out some more of that thought with you, because as you well put it, the message to the community of the law abiding is you're on your own. And when you're on your own, what are you going to expect? Bill Vogley and I'll be right back. William Vogley is my guest. He is the author of several important books, The Pity Party being one of them, uh, Never Enough, America's Limitless Welfare State, his piece in City Journal Today, city-journal.org, and What Would You Have Done, uh, a tale of uh, Jordan Neely and uh, Daniel Penny, who has now been arrested. So it's it's uh, it's as if, uh, William Vogley, the people in New York have been in many respects, left to fend for themselves because of, as you put it, the colligation of different forces pushing up against them, whether it's the civil liberties group, whether it's the uh, law enforcement uh, leadership, or at least the prosecutors and the DAs and the state's attorneys um, that have released their foot from the accelerator in pursuing crimes of all kinds. And thus you have people who have more arrests to their rap sheet than they have years to their lives threatening the people of New York in something like a subway, um, uh, a subway car, a train car. And what are we asking of the people that they have to keep putting up with it? They have to wait until a shot is fired or a throat is slit or a woman is punched in the face or do they take upon themselves the natural inclination of self and community defense where there is no other uh, no other remedy around and no other people with badges or uniforms to do it? We saw some of this. It's a little bit redolent, certainly, of the Bernie Getz case from the 1980s, which kicked off a whole new slew of thinking about crime. But one wonders if this is going to be that kind of touchstone. I don't know if we're going to see murals and protests and marches and streets named after Neely. But I'll tell you, um, my sense of it here is that uh, Daniel Penny should not have been arrested. It's telling it took them so long to arrest him, which tells me that there wasn't an inclination that something wrong was done at the time. But the people of New York, what what are we what are we to tell them um, until they get a new mayor, if they can get a new mayor or governor? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the, uh, the it, 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 we've been looking at it at a microscope. If you uh, do like a pan shot and, and back out from all this, mm-hmm. um, uh, one of the considerations is that uh, New York. Uh, like many uh, uh, large cities, um, is has been suffering um, as a result of the discovery during the 2020 COVID pandemic mm-hmm. that um, a lot of work that used to be done in offices could be done on Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I saw a graphic on my computer this morning saying that uh, uh, the, the empty uh, office space in New York in Manhattan right now 
is the equivalent of 26 and a half Empire State Buildings. Wow. wow. Um, so the um, and and the subways are um, well below their 2019 ridership. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you if you uh, add on to uh, the the knowledge that maybe you don't really need to go to work, certainly not five days a week, uh, that the, the subways are dangerous and are going to stay that way and there, there isn't much the government is going to do to sort things out or to help you out. Um, and if you're on top of that, you, um, you uh, layer the consideration that if you, uh, uh, a strap hanger, as they used to say, of subway riders, that's an old term, yeah. if you uh, are in a, um, a, a dangerous situation and you make uh, the wrong decision, then um, uh, activists and columnists like those in the New York Times, and uh, prosecutors will come after you. Um, you. You put all those together, and the those 26 empty Empire State Buildings could go to 30 or 40 or 100. I yeah. mean, um, uh, this, is, this is a real problem. I was looking at a... Um, and and we, I guess we should also mention that um, subway platforms and subway cars, this is a special situation if... Um, if if you're up on the streets in a big city and people, I've, I've lived in New York for almost 20 years, um, you you acquire certain sensibility about where to go, where not to yeah, go, who's sure. dangerous, who isn't. But you also have uh, up a, uh, on top of the ground, uh, there are, there are many ways to avoid trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have those options when you're standing on a, a subway platform, right. standing in a subway car. By the um, way, I thought it interesting what you pointed out. You mentioned 2019. The subways are less full now than they were in 2019, but they are fuller of violent felonies by about twice as much. Yes. So the, the, the ratio of lawbreakers to law abiders has shifted pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't take... Um, it doesn't take much of an increase in the, in the, uh, in the number of um, people who are uh, acting in a menacing manner to completely change the nature of your your or you know any any trip you take on the New York uh, subway. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things that uh, somebody like uh, Mayor Adams has to be mindful of is that he's. Um, he, like other big city mayors, is aware that uh, the economic foundation of the city that he governs is suddenly looking much more fragile than anyone would have guessed five years ago. Uh, that um, that the uh, is, uh, some somebody said uh, the other day to be the Detroitification of big American cities right. is, is is suddenly uh, quite a bit more thinkable. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he can't simply um, say, well, we'll just sort of let the chips fall where they may in terms of uh, how, how people feel about riding on the subways. New York is so crowded that uh, you can't, for many many kinds of trips there there really is no realistic alternative uh, if, if even half the people on the subways chose instead to drive into manhattan mm-hmm. from uh, 
<laughs> from other points. Uh, the city would, would be gridlocked all day, every day. What do you expect as a result of this? Do you expect uh, more social self-destruction in, in, in our big cities, uh, William Vogeli? Or do you think this could be an inflection point as the Bernard Getz and Giuliani elections were? Mm. Uh, I would put my money on uh, the, the first option you listed there. I think. Really? Um, yeah, uh, the inflection. The, the the problem is that um, um, the, uh, the, the you know I'm, I'm thinking too about um, how surprised so many people were that in the recent Chicago mayoral yeah, election, yeah. the um, the winning candidate turned out to be the one who was least. Uh, committed to yeah. vigorous law and even more progressive than the incumbent that people yeah, were celebrating that, right. the ouster of. Yeah, yeah. no. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I think the problem with um, uh, municipal and even to an extent uh, state politics is that the electorates are self-selecting. Yeah. Um, the um, so the 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 voters that uh, the the guy who ended up losing the Chicago runoff election, Paul Vallis, was appealing to, consisted to a significant degree of of people who had moved out of Chicago over the past uh, uh, 10 years. Yeah, as, as, as appeal as one of the people that had serious. left. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, yeah, that's, right. that's right. William Vogley, thank you so much, as always. Nice catching up with you, sir. Thank you for your piece in City Journal and your time today. Great to talk to you, Seth. You betcha. With William Vogley, Vogley talking about uh, William Buckley's run for mayor in 1965, one of his better books. People ask what one book. It's hard to say, but one of his better books, maybe the one book if you have the chance to only read one of his, is his write-up of that mayoral race. Uh, it's really very good, and it's a lot more than just running for mayor in New York. It's called The Unmaking of Mayor. In a press conference in 1965, it's amazing how much we've returned <clears throat> to those uh, Annus Horribilis type years, he was asked, why are you running for mayor of New York? And he says, New York is a place if, for instance, you give taxi owners the right to limit the number of taxis available in the city, people who need taxis to get from where they are to where they want to go can't find taxis when they most want them. If you allow truck drivers to double park because it is convenient to them and to the merchants whose goods they are unloading, traffic is snarled and a taxi driver can't move fast enough to make a decent living. When the traffic is snarled, people stay away from the city and the merchants lose money. If the merchants lose money, they want to automate in order to save costs. If the unions don't let them automate, they leave the city. When they leave the city, there are fewer people to pay taxes to city officials and to the unemployed. Uh, the unemployed aren't allowed to drive taxis because the taxi owners share a monopoly. Taxes have to go up because there are fewer people to pay taxes. The unemployed grow restless and breed children and crime. The children drop out of school because there isn't anyone at home to tell them to go to school. Some of the children who go to school make school life intolerable for other children in school, and they leave and go to private schools. The teachers are told they mustn't discourage the ch school children or they will leave the schools and commit crime and unemployment. The unions don't want the unemployed hired because they will work for less money or because they are African-American or Puerto Rican and obviously can't lay bricks or wire buildings like white people can, so they are supposed to go off somewhere and just live and stay out of the way. Obviously, that was said sarcastically, but they can't live except in houses, and houses are built by plumbers and electricians who get 
8 10 $12 an hour, which means that people can't afford to buy houses or rent apartments at rates the city can afford to pay its unemployed, so the federal government has to build housing projects. But there aren't enough housing projects, so there is overcrowding, and family life disintegrates. Some people turn to crime. Others turn to ideology. You can't walk from one end of New York to another without standing a good chance of losing your wallet, your maidenhead, or your life, or without being told that white people are bigoted, that minorities won't work, that free enterprise is the enemy of the working class, and that Norman Thomas has betrayed socialism, and the only thing that will save New York is for the whole of the United States to become like New York. It is our task as a party and movement, folks, to ensure and make sure that doesn't happen. Be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.